Hey, it's Isabella Bennett, and welcome back to another podcast. So today we're going to be talking about victims of crime, specifically Megan's Law. Um, a little disclaimer, my family has the TV loud th- um, in the background, so I apologize if you can hear that. Anyway, let's just get really into it. So, Megan's Law. What is Megan's Law? Um, Megan's Law is the federal law that quote unquote requires the release of relevant information to protect the public from sexually violent offenders um megan's law was originally enacted in 1996 and it is now included in more expanded sexual offender laws so a little bit of story you know the story of megan's law um it was inspired by the case of a seven-year-old girl named Megan Kanka, who was uh, from New Jersey, and she was raped and killed by a known child molester who moved across the street from her family. Um, the Kanka family fought to have local communities warned about sex offenders in the area, and the New Jersey legislature passed Megan's Law in 1994. So, just a little bit of history is that before Megan's Law was being passed, the Jacob Waterling, if I pronounce that right, <laughs> Act of 1994 required that each state must sustain and develop a sexual offenders like registry, registry, sexual offenders, and other offenses related to crimes, specifically against children. However, the registry information was only available to like law enforcement and it wasn't owned to, open to the public unless information about the individual became a matter of public safety, which in my opinion, if there's a child molester going around molesting children, I think that's a public safety hazard, but it must have been more complicated than that. Um, the actual effectiveness of the law as a tool to protect the public was challenged by Richard and Marine Kanka of Hamilton Township, Mercer County, um, New Jersey, after their seven-year-old daughter, Megan Kanka, was abducted, raped, and murdered. Um, he was sentenced to death, but on December 17, 2007, the death penalty was abolished by the New Jersey legislature. And um, the offender's sentence was commuted to life in prison without any possibility of parole, which he obviously deserved. Um, The repeat sex offender uh, was convicted uh, twice for sex crimes against children when he moved into that home across the street from Megan. And on July 27, 1994, he actually lured Megan into his house where he then raped and murdered her then left her body in a nearby park the following day he confessed to the crime and led police to megan's body the kankas said that the kankas said that had they known that their neighbor was a convicted sex offender megan would be alive today and the kankas fought to change the law wanting to make it mandatory that states notify the residents of the community when sex offenders are living in the community or just like move nearby. Uh, Paul Kramer, who was a Republican Party politician who served four terms in the New Jersey General Assembly, sponsored the package of seven bills known as Megan's Law in New Jersey. 
General Assembly in 1994, which then the bill was enacted in Jersey 89 days after Megan was kidnapped, raped, and murdered. So the implication was that in 1996, the U.S. Congress passed Megan's Law as an amendment to the Jacob Wetterling Crimes Against Children's Act. Um, this would then required every state to have a sex offender registry and notification system for the public when a sex offender is released into their community. It also required that the repeat sex offenders receive a, a sentence of life in prison. Different states have different procedures for making the required disclosures. Generally, the information that is included within all of this um, is the offender's name and their picture and their address, the date they were incarcerated, and the offense of conviction. Um, the information is most often displayed on a, like a free public website, but it can be distributed throughout newspapers and pamphlets and any other means. Um, the federal law was not the first on the books though that addressed the issue of registering a convicted sex offender um as early as actually 1947 california had laws that required sex offenders to be registered since the passage of the federal law in may of 1996 um all states have passed some shape or form of megan's law now though all of this sounds amazing it did have a couple criticisms um but the opponents of megan's law basically felt that it invites vigilante violence and reference cases like william elliott who was shot and killed in his home by a vigilante Stephen marshall marshall was located elliott's personal personal information on the main sex offender registry website william elliott was required to register as a sex offender at the age of 20 after being convicted of convicted of having sex with his girlfriend who was just days from turning 16 years old um you know reformist organizations have criticized the law because of the negative collateral effects on the family members of the sex of the registered sex offenders and it also and they also find it unfair because it means that sex offenders are subjected to indefinite punishments. So I guess you could say a lot of people like it's really like um, invasion of privacy, um, especially the vigil anti part. I can, can see a very, very strong concern there, um, especially like you have all your information out where everybody can see it and it, it, it could be very, very dangerous for some. And I can see where that um, the precautions should be taking place. Um, but also, the other side of me, in my personal opinion, is like, you committed this crime, which is obviously horrific and bad and terrible, and you, you know, you should not kill anybody we rape children that is absolutely horrendous so i kind of feel like they ask for it in some sort of form um but that is megan's law unfortunately very very short but i am glad that it was fortunate enough to be passed and honestly a very fast pace and 89 days is very a short period of time for a bill to be enacted so um 
thank you for listening.